Cliff Jones on speed. News squelch. Roman Groshan, who is currently driving for Andretti in IndyCar, has said this week that he wouldn't rule out a return to Formula One. That's weird, because we would, and so would everybody else. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Alex Goy. Hi. He's Zog. Hello. And I've got a slightly husky throat, thanks to another enthusiastic, noisy weekend in North Wales. I was up there hosting the alarms gathering and actually astonished to discover that a bunch of alarm fans have been listening to Gareth Jones on speed. So, boys, say hello to the alarm fans who are listening. Hello, alarm fans. Hello, alarm fans. There must be a very bizarre Venn diagram of alarm <laughs> fans and car enthusiasts and people who come in through me. Yeah, there can't be many in that middle there, but... There... I, th- I, th- I thought well, it was just know. you, to be honest, Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. But I had a really lovely thing happen to me. You'll appreciate this, both of you. I was at the gathering, chatting to some people, and I'm wearing a kilt. And someone says to me, are you Scottish? I said, no, no, I'm from... Hollywell, which is just down the road from where we were in Sandidna. And one of the women I'm talking to says, I'm from Hollywell, actually Baggish, just outside Hollywell. My father used to have a garage there. Oh, really? Yeah, my dad, I said, used to have a TV shop in the top of town. What, Ken Jones Television? Yeah. Oh, he was a great friend of my father, says this woman. Who's your father? Well, um, (laughs) J.H. Davis used to run the Ford dealership in Baggish. Now, This is the man who I've mentioned on this program before, who, when I was about 15 years old, took me backstage at the local Ford dealership to show me the Fiesta before it was released. Ah, yes, I remember. And it was doing a tour of all the Ford dealerships. And it just happened to be there. You know, they were showing the engineers how it worked and how to repair it and maintain it and briefing them up on the car. I was so excited to meet this woman because this woman's father gave me one of the most exciting days of my life, the day I had a preview of the Fiesta. And this event, of course, went down history because that was the most excited that anybody has ever been (laughs) by the Ford Fiesta. (laughs) I think you're right. But a lot of people are lamenting the past of the Fiesta. Of course. I was chatting to someone the other day who was saying, what, they're going to replace it with the Puma? Yeah, they're stopping making the Focus as well, aren't they? (gasps) Every car design, every model fades away. Everything reaches the natural end of its product life. Some are here and gone very quickly. Others like the Fiesta are good enough that they hang around for a long time and, and have some value for a long time. But in the end, people's needs or desires change the markets change the technology changes the world changes yeah and there's no place well i reckon the fiesta will come back i think it'll be five years and they'll bring it back as an ev you know but they're leaving that sort of gap for a reboot a teeny tiny ev but the problem that that end of the market has which is not difficult to see is that if you want a tiny car that has all the space of a super mini but it needs to be electric. There's a lot of stuff to fit in. There's a lot of complex engineering that yeah. needs to happen. But the thing is, when the Fiesta starts creeping up to twenty five, thirty thousand pounds, it's not a small, cheap car anymore. So yeah. people right. just go, yeah. I don't want that. I can't afford that. That's pointless. And it will only do, what, 130 miles. 
and it will only do this and it will only do that and I've got to plug it in and I've got to do this and so it stops being the small car that does everything for everybody it starts being a very niche proposition for someone who has a big car that they can take out of town they have it as a small city car yeah but they can afford 30 grand for that and yeah it just gets silly so technology and the pace thereof hasn't quite caught up with what's sensible yet i wonder how many peugeot 205 evs they sell what's it called the 205 e the 208 e 208 e, um, of course 208. Silly there's one around the corner from me actually it's a very nice acid yellow it's great Mm. what's the range on that 130 miles thereabouts 150 oh, perhaps hang um, on let me consult the internet yeah it's ever such a good looking thing they've managed to absolutely the capture the essence of the original 80s 205 haven't they and make it look contemporary without it looking like a pastiche because yeah if you, if you need to give up a little bit of range that's okay estimated range 175 miles pretty good yeah. eh? Pretty good. Not too oh. bad. Ford should be doing that. Or WLTP range up to 225 miles. Maybe not. At 20 miles per hour, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. What I was saying, I just didn't quite finish the thought, was that, you know, it's okay you know, for a small kind of city car. It's, it seems to me it's absolutely fine and sensible to give up a bit of range in order to make the rest of the package work well, to bring the cost down, to make the engineering a bit easier, rather than for a car that is... Very unlikely to need the 200-mile range. Yeah. It's okay to have a bit less range, make it more affordable, make the packaging easier, I think. The market hasn't entirely got its head around that, maybe. Yeah. The key is not big batteries, Mm. but rapid charging, isn't it? When we end up with the equivalent of the tiny tank, like you get in like a Caterham or something, but it doesn't matter because you can refill it in five minutes flat, then the problem goes away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talking about rapid charging, they were charging rapidly around the Daytona circuit in Florida over the weekend. Oh, it's a smooth link. Thank you very much. I'm a television <laughs> presenter. Thank you very much. Local radio. I actually missed most of it because I was working, but I did stay up until about three o'clock in the morning after the gig on Saturday watching some of the racing. And it's a busy old race, that, isn't it? It's not the giant circuit that Le Moyes for a 24 hour race. All the cars are right on top of each other all the time. Huh? work yeah absolutely no it's a very busy event as you say but as it's a preview of what we can expect to see later in the year a lot of the cars that they're going to be at Le Mans what did you make of it what did you make of that little preview of the coming era of endurance racing well I was disappointed that the Penske Porsches completely fell apart because you know Porsche's history and record at Le Mans is almost flawless Zog I think we can say that you know they've won the old fashion GT categories they won in LMP1 I remember when there was a Penske Porsche that ran in what DHL colours 15-20 years ago that won in what was LMP2 but this car surprisingly gave them all sorts of problems and Roger Penske must be thinking what are we going to do to beat Cadillac and beat the other GTP cars is that what they're called yeah well they've got to make it more reliable but it's easier to make a fast car reliable than to make a reliable car fast yep and it was quick because they had two entries one of them failed the other did finish the race so obviously they'd have liked to have got both cars to the finish but were they expecting flawless reliability right now at that event 
maybe not. Much like pancakes and kids, the first one always comes out a bit weird. So the next time... (laughs) I'm going to tell my children that one. (laughs) (laughs) They should have the kinks figured out. It's like, right, we know how to do it properly now. We know what went wrong. Let's do it slightly differently. Yeah, yeah. The others seem to have hit the ground running. Cadillac are in good shape. Acura, we're in phenomenal shape, but that's not an issue for the WEC, fortunately, for the others. But yeah, I, I hope Porsche are in good shape before June. They've got plenty of time to get there, haven't they? And it is Porsche. Porsche does not mess around. It just does the thing and go, right, we're going to win. We just need to figure out how and we'll do the maths. And magically, Porsche wins Le Mans again. Yeah, let's hope so. And there'll be a proper field with good opposition this time. 2023 isn't going to be a year where you know who's going to win because, you know, they've clearly got the fastest, most reliable car. Or they're called Toyota. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Ah, yes, Toyota finally got its win. Yes, it got its win in a class of one. Shh, don't mention it. I mentioned the fact that we were the only one in the class once, and I think I got away with it. Right. Oh. In other areas of motorsport, I was intrigued this week to hear all the rumours about the possibility of Ford teaming up with Red Bull for the 2026 Formula One regulations. Now, I'm not sure if by the time you're listening to this programme, this will have actually been announced or what, because Red Bull are doing their F1 launch on February the 2nd, I believe, in New York. And someone spotted that Ford were sending a bunch of influencers to New York that week and has put two and two together. Others are saying, oh, no, no, it's all to do with fashion week. It just happens to be in New York that week. But the rumours don't go away. Ford's global director of Ford Performance, their racing wing, Mark Rushbrook, he said that Formula One's push to more sustainable fuels is attractive to Ford because that's something that they're investing heavily in, engines that run on sustainable fuels. And I know F1 are moving towards even more sustainable fuels by 2026. But I'd welcome Ford back to Formula One, despite the misgivings of manufacturers in Formula One. You know my beliefs on that, that they should let the F1 guys make the decisions and they should just bankroll it, really, and with whatever extra tech they do. But a Red Bull Ford, that sounds weird, doesn't it? I don't know. I think Ford Red Bull seems like a good tyre. My first take is it seems quite a good match, simply because they're both companies that are maybe a bit more mass market and a bit less elitist. Yep. And I think, so there's a reasonably good fit there. Yeah, no, it's interesting, but Ford coming back now is interesting. It makes sense, given how much Formula One has grown in America and how much that growth is still continuing. You know, it makes absolute sense that Ford would take another look at Formula One. You know, although (laughs) seeing how hard a time General Motors are having getting in with Andretti at the moment, maybe they might think, so this, let's go and do something more fun. Yeah. Well, I suppose if if they're going in with like hand in hand with Christian Horner, it's an easy in. You're right. That's a whole different deal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than going in with a new team, but it still doesn't make this. Well, I suppose they don't really care how welcoming the sport is. It's it's just about their profile and what they're going to get out of it. So, yeah. No fair point. And if it is true, it in some ways echoes the original Ford Lotus. Cosworth deal where Ford got Cosworth to develop an engine for Formula One, badged it Ford, put it in a Lotus. But this, as I understand, would be Ford using Red Bull performance powertrains or whatever they're called, Red Bull powertrains, RBPT, is that right? Yeah. Allowing them to develop the engine 
but badging it forward. But would they still be using Honda IP? I've got a real bugbear about this Honda IP of this engine at the moment because that whole Cadillac thing that we were talking about, we couldn't work out whether Cadillac were going to be absorbing that element of Honda or the Red Bull element of Honda. There's something on sale there at the moment that I can't quite pin down who it belongs to and where it's going to go. Well, presumably there isn't enough time and there isn't enough room in the regulations to allow for the power unit to not include Honda IP, I assume. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right, yeah. You know, if you're designing an entirely new power plant from scratch, then you wouldn't be using any Honda IP. But that's exactly what they don't have presumably time and resources to do. So I imagine they would have to figure out a way to deal with the Honda IP, yeah. While we're talking about rumours and F1... There's another one doing the circuit as well. People are saying that Hyundai... Hang on, let me say it right. Hyundai. Hyundai, that's what it is now. Hyundai, not Hyundai. The people that aren't Kia or Genesis. Yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Can I carry on saying Hyundai? Yes, please do. Yes. It's mooted that the fact that Cyril Abeatable, unbeatable Cyril Abeatable, is now running the Hyundai, sorry, Hyundai World Rally team because of his background in Formula One that he might steer Hyundai slash Hyundai into F1, which I would love. And I bet if they did, they'd badge it Genesis. They wouldn't use the Hyundai brand because no one could pronounce it. Because Genesis is now on its sort of even bigger EU push as well. So it would be a nice convenient in for them to be like right so we've got this lovely brand it's called genesis they're really fast on a racetrack and they're available to buy in a shop and it's comparable with ferrari aston martin the great names of motorsport genesis (laughs) (laughs) actually more importantly though if they get in cadillac yeah, because that's who they compete with in the states. Cause yeah, that's that sort of weird mid-size luxury. We're better than the Germans, but we're all American and we're all that. Because Genesis is one of those brands that's kind of geared very heavily towards the US and the US market because it's huge. Yeah, the only Genesis car that I've driven so far, I was superbly impressed. I think it's uh, nicely put together. But you know, I'm a fan of Hyundai. I'm sorry, I'm. Slightly biased. I really believe in everything that they do. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk, or was this just a commercial for Hyundai? I think we'll stop it here. (laughs) (laughs) Gareth Jones on speed. News squelch. Just when you thought the grills on BMW models couldn't get any bigger, the German brand has filed a patent for a new one-piece front fascia that incorporates the headlights into a seamless panel that could replace the conventional grill as we know it. An unnamed spokesperson for the German brand said, We won't be happy until the grill on a BMW takes up more real estate than any other facet of our car. In fact, we are now working on extending the grill down the sides of the vehicle and onto the rear of the car. So it can grin or even sneer at the driver of the car it has just overtaken. Yep, very BMW. Logic was defied this week or this last month when 
the what car car of the year for 2022 <laughs> 23 whatever this year is 20 something for now at least for now thank you alex well the car that won car of the year wasn't actually a car per se do we accept the vw id buzz as a car no it's a van because it's not made by Volkswagen's car department it's made by their commercial department well, in Hanover so how is that even allowed in it's allowed in because it's got seats and it's all cute and funky and geared towards families the thing is I was lucky enough to be there on the evening and I was as standard quite drunk there were lots of quite odd awards that night so normally the way they used to do it was it would be here are three category winners and then here's the overall winner of that category and then you'd get the gong for that but now they got little sort of perspex cubes to say well you won that bit of that category and all that and the id buzz won something earlier in the evening which is what qualifies it to be the car of the year the biggest surprise was that the mg4 didn't get a look mm. in because that was sort of yeah. the ev darling of the year in 2022 yeah. so we, we were kind of sat around the table going this is quite what's going on the winner is the ID buzz and we all went huh it's a van and it's a £56,000 van before you start adding toys it is pretty cool though one thing I think rather interesting about the ID buzz is that we talked before I think about how the change in the auto industry from internal combustion engine powertrains to electric and hybrid but specifically electric and all electric creates a lot of opportunities for car companies to reimagine the car to take quite new directions conceptually design wise i mean you know, bmw i think a good example of how with their electric vehicles they've brought in quite a bold new design language and ideas vw here is tapping into the same nostalgia that made the new beetle a success and that made the BMW Mini such a success. The Mini, the Fiat 500, the Mustang even. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. They're tapping into that same thing and making, you know, a new yeah, lifestyle vehicle. And I think they've done a very neat job with it. Yeah, it's not cheap, but it's a really cool bit of reimagining of a much-loved design that works very well in a contemporary setup. I'd much rather have that than some crappy SUV <laughs> yeah, cool <laughs> with the same footprint I'll grant you that but does cool make it uh, a car, car of the year, year? maybe not because like, no, so no, essentially uh, what, what car magazine the, the traditional organ of I need to buy a new car I'm going to buy what car magazine two months on the bounce and then ignore that it exists for another three years yeah yeah for the rest yeah. of the year yeah because yeah. like, that's what their buying behaviour is you buy what car when you want mm. to read about the cars that are out now so you can choose your car and you buy it maybe two, three months, whatever. And yeah. then once you've bought your car, you have no need to buy What Car magazine because you don't care anymore. Because normal people aren't like us. They don't want to know everything about the latest release, you know, up to the minute. So what essentially they've said is the single best vehicle you can buy right now is a £56,000 electric van. That doesn't make sense really, does it? No. Are you convinced they're wrong? I mean, a 3 Series would probably do you better, and you could spend comparable money. Admittedly, it's not a van, but the touring version is big. Yeah. The MG4, small, cheap, EV thing, will do all the electric stuff, plenty spacious, more accessible to more people. Oh, okay. God, what else? So many other cars would work. I welcome it, because I've always been a great advocate of the MPV as a great 
shape for maximising volume and space in a car. And we've drifted away from the MPV. I mean, Ford are going to stop making the S-Max and the Galaxy soon, I hear, as well. And what are mm. Ford actually going to build in the future? That's a good question. Enormous pickups. Yeah. They're going to build a Puma, a Cougar, yeah. pickups, and... And cars based on Volkswagen electric platforms as well. Mustangs. Yeah, yeah Mackies. Yeah. But we've moved away from the efficiency of the MPV to the opposite of efficiency, the SUV. And the idea that the ID Buzz, which is really an MPV, is a bit like a forward control Land Rover, isn't it? You can do that with an electric car. You can put people right at the front again. That's what's given us that flashback to that old VW combi shape that the ID Buzz is in some way. So I would accept it as an MPV. And increasingly, a lot of the things sold as MPVs these days are vans, aren't they? Rather than bespoke platforms like they used to be they're just converted vans mm. and if you are comparing it to i don't know what's it called the kubo or the uh, there's a mercedes one there's a renault one there's a citroen one they've all got one haven't they compared to those vans with seats in this vw buzz is a lot cooler but you're absolutely right alex is cool the deciding thing for making it car of the year no it isn't is it yeah if you're looking to go running a set of nike vaporfly are very cool but they're 200 quid whereas mm. a set of 40 quid revolution sixes will do largely the same job for a lot less money yeah don't get me wrong i like cool stuff yeah adore it my house is full of stuff that i think is cool but would i say to someone my house is the best house everyone should no nice point because it's weird but different customers different drivers different families different people have different requirements yeah. we're not all the same some of us need more than four seats some of us need a certain luggage carrying capacity mm. for other people load carrying capacity is just not even in the picture as long as they can get you know an overnight bag in and themselves and a friend that's enough so to say there is a single best vehicle for everybody is always going to be impossible so you have to bring other factors in. all right well tell you what if we want to go for other factors your mg4 which is less money from twenty six thousand pounds if you want to talk luggage capacity with the seats up 363 litres boo with the seats down 1177 yeah with the rear seats admittedly with the rear seats up the ID Buzz will do you 1,121. Okay, so it's an estate car, it's an SUV. In terms of volume, it wins out there. But surely the fact that the MG4 is such incredible value for what it does, charges quickly, gives you a great range, and it looks cool, it beats the ID Buzz hands down. I mean, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I think it's really odd. Admittedly, that's with the rear seats down, so you can only have two people in your MG4, and if you mm-hmm. put the rear seats down in the ID bars, you get two and a bit thousand litres of space. Yep. But if you're buying something to be a family car and a van, would you have the 56 grand ID bars, or would you have a double cab pickup, or would you have a commercial Land Rover Discovery, mm. or would you have... Well, a commercial Defender's like 70 grand if you spec it unwisely. Anything apart from the double cab pickup. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Actually, while we're on the subject of pickups, should we talk about electric pickups? Because I did some research, and did you know that there are 10 electric pickups now? I'll read you the list. The Tesla Cybertruck, obviously. Are you counting this as a thing that exists? Well, I'll explain as I go down the list. The Rivian... 
R1T is the pickup version. The R1S is their SUV, isn't it? The Ford F-150 Lightning, yeah, that exists. Mm-hmm. The Lordstown Endurance, have you heard of this? That sounds like a competition you'd see on a certain adult website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds to me like something you'd see at Ascot. But now the 430 Lordstown Endurance, such and such... <laughs> Apparently, it's a going soft affair. It's a factory in Ohio that's been bought by a startup who are going to build a car there. But I've never yeah, heard true. of this before. Yeah. There's the Hummer EV, of course, which I'm not sure is a pickup. I just think that's a small planet. <laughs> the Chevrolet Silverado EV, of course, to rival the Ford F-150. The Canoe pickup, spelled C-A-N-O-O. Yeah, that thing. If it actually does come to market looks rather like a forward control land rover pickup Hmm. or even the the id buzz in pickup form that's cool the alpha wolf have you seen that the alpha wolf surprisingly looks like a chevy luv light utility vehicle very lightweight 80s kind of pickup and i think that's sweet but there's that one i mean these are american it looks cheap it does doesn't it little yeah what else have we got? The Atlas XT. It makes the Cybertruck look like a Playmobil toy. This looks like a war machine. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yep. There's something called the Edison Future EF1T. Again, I'd never heard of Edison Future. Yeah. But it made me think that if you're going to build a car called an Edison, and then there's the Tesla, of Tesla. course, then what other great names in the universe of electronics and electrical work would work as a brand name has edison stolen all of the tesla technology and passed it off as its own <laughs> oh i see what you did there very 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 good very good, very good. good yeah. history of science burn if it was going to be british it would be the lathwaite wouldn't it i'd like that you know the maxwell surely maxwell well because james clark maxwell's equations of electromagnetism are still used maxwell electromagnetism absolute star you know yeah i'd go with that yeah maxwell james clark maxwell let's talk about the cyber truck because it is here it isn't here it's supposed to be here it hasn't turned up what's the deal like alex you know don't you i did a quick google there's a, an electric car site called electrek.co which is basically a tesla fanboy site <laughs> and uh, the opening line of their story is tesla cyber truck will be released in 2021 yeah no hmm no that didn't happen yeah that didn't happen uh, currently it's being mooted to begin the middle of this year i don't think that's true at all i don't think any of it's true i think it's a ridiculous thing there was a story during the rounds the other week which i know is unsubstantiated nonsense again from one of the tesla fan sites because someone had seen an interior and the steering wheel didn't have an airbag thing in it so there was all this rampant speculation about oh well maybe it won't have airbags and this one site desperately clawing, clawing for the wispiest straw imaginable went, well, the fact it's a wedge and the fact it's really big means you don't need an airbag. It's like, oh, for fuck. Oh, really? Oh, no. Oh, no. So I don't maybe you do because like of legislation. That. 
Yeah, exactly. Physics is yeah. a thing. Do, do, yeah. You can make it as big as possible, but it, you, you, uh, people are dumb. People are dumb. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. I mean, my views, old Muscaroonie, I've spoken about before. I'm not a fan. I respect what he's done for the EV, but I also think he is a colossal knob. So, Cybertruck, it will appear in some form or another because they're way too far down the road to not have it exist in some form. Oh, it's coming. It's definitely going to come. Will it be the middle of this year? Probably not. Let's be mm. honest. Happy to stand corrected. Will it be flawless out the gate? No. Yeah. A lot of Tesla's cars still aren't flawless and they've been out the gate for a long old while. Will it be good at doing actual truck stuff? Well, that's the thing because the F-150 Lightning has been, I think, a surprise hit. People absolutely love them because they do all the truck stuff but happen to be electric. But it has the advantage of Tesla's supercharging network and in the States where they're going to sell all of them. I was reading a thread about it on Twitter last night of American electric charging infrastructure thing is toilet. It's out of trash. It's, it's really, 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 really bad. It's a little bit like when, was it Ecotricity who had oh, all the... yes, yeah, it was. Oh. Who, you know, oh yeah, we've given this to, to the bidders and they're going to look after it, but they've got their money and they don't care anymore. And that's what's happening. So with the supercharging network, it, you know, stands a chance of doing well. But... I, <laughs> It will be a thing. It will exist. The type of people who buy it, whether or not they'll be like legit truck people, I don't know. One of the really interesting things, and it's a bit of an insight into the mind of the diehard Tesla fan. Someone saying, well, it will do this and it's super safe and it will do that. And you can come at me in whatever you want. And the windows are bulletproof and you won't be able to harm me at all. It's like, how scared do you have to be to need to buy a truck with bullet resistance? Like, yeah, yeah, how many yeah. people have you off? How much danger do you find yourself in? None. You've off no one. You're not in any danger. You're a software developer who has a lovely house in a lovely neighbourhood. You're not in an action movie. Go on, Zog. I can see you're itching to get in here. Alex, you're absolutely right. But you may also be living in a country where, unlike in the UK, schools actually have drills, you know, actually teach their students how to deal with the school being invaded by lunatic a with shooter. a gun an active shooter mm. as they say mm. true I will concede that I will counter with the fact that we don't hear much about people shooting like car to car um, I guess no, no. It, it does Do happen you, like, I think just a couple of weeks ago I read one story and I forget the detail but it was you know, a trivial somebody being cut off incident in somewhere in the States led to a shooting in traffic you know oh there was that video a while ago of a guy getting cut off and he just got his gun out and shot through the window wildly I'm like why? Because yeah. you can because yeah. you've got a gun the person was like well no one's going to attack me I'm going to be safe like mm. When do you realistically yes. find yourself in that danger? I mean, I have a helmet. I have a push bike helmet. I've got a ski helmet. I wear it when I'm doing things that I might need my helmet for, like skiing or cycling. But when I'm walking down the street, I'm not so afraid I'm going to fall over that I wear it you know, just in case. You don't think, I'm going to go out and shout at people for half an hour, therefore I'm going to wear my <laughs> shouting at people helmet for when they decide to hit me. My enemies might find me and trip me over. Like, yeah. not a thing. Well, what is it they say? We have nothing to fear but fear itself, and maybe they're preying on people's inherent fears. It's uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Was that who said that? 
Yeah. Bravo. You say that if you look at the Apple announcement from last year, so the ultra version of the Apple Watch and the iPhone 14. Previous years, it's been this device will make your life better. You can track your health. You can find out where your friends are. You can take better pictures. You'll have a lovely time. Last year, with the new Ultra Ultra Watch, if you fall down a crevasse, you won't die alone and shivering. Accidents <laughs> happen all the time. This will save your life. Like oh, Jesus, Crikey, what could, yeah. like? Why? Well, I regularly fall what? down crevasses here in downtown Hackney. You know, it's everywhere. I could be marooned moments away from my house. I mean, the council do not take good care of those pavements. Fear is a powerful motivator if you can engage fear, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah. Do you remember we were talking in the last episode about whether we thought Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter might be damaging for Tesla? I've actually just realised why he's bought Twitter now. Because in buying Twitter and releasing all those right-wing idiots on Twitter, they're all going to be pickup drivers, aren't they? So they're going to go out and buy a Tesla because Elon believes in what I believe in. It may actually have worked for them in the opposite way around to what we were saying. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? There are less fascist electric pickups available as well. I'm only teasing. But, you know, Shanghai automotive SAIC the Chinese company they've got the Maxus brand they're building something that's equivalent of the F-150 pickup as an electric vehicle that will be coming to Europe soon I think it's on its way to America Great Wall already produce an electric pick up a smaller one not as big as 150 that is on sale I believe in mainland Europe and coming to the UK if not already here can't fancy that a cheap Chinese electric pickup get us to Le Mans nicely shouldn't we really be asking ourselves do we need all these pickups not every day do we need all of these we don't some people do need pickup trucks absolutely they're incredibly useful vehicles but they're not incredibly useful vehicles for a lot of the people that buy them here in the UK certainly here in London I see a lot of people driving pickups who definitely do not need a pickup you know what they need is a small city car but they want the pickup I just think it's a shame that we as consumers as an industry as people that are designing vehicles we aren't doing a slightly better job when we're at this stage where we could be rethinking what vehicles do and what they are a little bit more that we're still going yeah let's build and buy and use a load of unnecessarily large dumb vehicles you know can't we have smaller better things so it nice. seems to me that you might be advocating a sort of a vehicle sharing culture because there are occasions where even we need pickups we love to go camping in a pickup it's one of the best vehicles if we're going camping to Le Mans a pickup is the easiest one to load get your stuff out of get in the field get out the field so the even occasions where us sports car loving people fancy a pickup but most of the time we need a tiny fiesta size EV because we live in cities so maybe the answer in the future is this model where you subscribe to something rather like Lincoln Co mm. where you subscribe to a car be supplied for your needs at that time and when you want to go camping in the summer they'll provide you with a electric pickup too so we don't have these things trolling around the streets all the time i think it's probably true that you know the future holds more car sharing ride sharing but we've been renting oddball specialized vehicles for decades you know the idea that you have your personal vehicle but when you need to move that wardrobe or when you're uh, yeah going off camping 
with your mate somewhere rugged and you need to haul a load of gear. Maybe you're renting a pickup for that. Yeah, maybe there will be more of that in the future. I'm just thinking more of the mindset of, I suppose, what people are thinking about when they choose their vehicle. What are their priorities? And there's something that's leading a lot of people to decide that they really want a pickup when it seems that they don't really need something that big, that powerful, that agricultural. They're making an ego statement, do you think, so? Uh, ego, I don't know about ego, because any vehicle purchase where there's a significant personal element rather than it being entirely practical. If you're thinking, right, I want this thing because that expresses my personality, mm. th- that's ego, whether you're buying a pickup or whether you're buying a secondhand VW Beetle with flower stickers all over it and, you know, something. It, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's an ego thing, whether it's a big macho thing or whether it's a much more gentle, friendly thing. It's interesting that people are tending to choose these vehicles that sort of say, I want you to think I'm a farmer or a bricklayer rather than I want you to think I'm an Italian playboy or a race car driver. (laughs) (laughs) There's something weird going on there. And now the world needs farmers and bricklayers in a way that it does not need Italian playboys and race car drivers. Mm. But I'd rather be an Italian playboy or a race car driver than a farmer. So I don't buy a pickup truck park it outside my house and say look at my enormous pickup truck i asked the fourth member of the gareth jones on speed presenting team what she thought about electric pickups i'm not talking about sarah of course she's still in australia i spoke to our ai presenter i put this question to chat gpt <laughs> no chat gpt is back yeah i love it and i asked it what do you think about electric pickups and her response was as an ai language model i don't have personal opinions or beliefs however electric pickups are becoming increasingly popular due to their environmentally friendly nature and potential for reduced operating costs compared to traditional gasoline powered pickups The electric powertrain also offers instant torque and improved driving performance compared to traditional engines. However, the limited range and higher cost compared to gasoline-powered pickups are factors to consider. Yeah. She nailed it. Yeah, very measured. Yeah. Yeah. Is it wrong to gender chat GPT? I refer to her as she, and I've given her a female voice here on the program. (laughs) So is it wrong to misgender them? I don't know. Are they genderless, ChatGPT? ChatGPT would be an androgynous construct. Oh, exactly. Mm. exactly. Well, you see, one of the reasons I'm so interested in electric pickups at the moment is, A, I quite like pickups. There are occasions when I really wish I had a pickup. Not always, of course, I'm living here in London. And I like EVs, so I'm interested to see how the EV pickup plays out mainly because i can see us going to le mans one day in an electric pickup and it'd be interesting to see how many times we'd have to stop and charge it to get there it's about 600 miles from here to le mans and the average range well they say about 220 miles that's probably 150 miles at motorway speeds french motorway speeds so we'd have to charge at least twice on the way there which would turn a journey of some nine hours into a journey of 11 hours which means another camping night on the way there we would have to get everything out pitch the tent sleep it one night on the way there not ideal is it not ideal but it's again a problem for now that's with current tech and current ranges and current energy efficiencies and powertrain efficiencies and things like that we will be getting to a stage with super fast infrastructure for example if your vehicle can take 200 kilowatt charge 
then in 40 minutes or 30 minutes you'll have you know 80% of that battery yeah. which will get you pondering how efficient they are so you do get 200 250 miles out of a charge at motorway speeds which isn't unrealistic with traffic and what have you it is entirely possible then okay adds an extra hour maybe two yeah as long as you can find a charging point near a good restaurant mm-hmm. exactly in France yeah. Shouldn't be too much of a problem. Even the motorway services in France do good food. Yeah, they do. But I do like yeah. the idea of turning up at Le Mans with an EV of some kind, whether it's a VW Buzz or a pickup or a van of some kind, and then we park it up and we leave it there for 48 hours or however long we're there. We just stick it on a trickle charge, and even over 72 hours, you could fill up a big battery and be able to drive home with fewer stops because you're starting the journey with a full charge c'est possible ouais ouais c'est possible peut-être peut-être I'd prefer to go in the ID buzz for sure I'd much rather take an ID buzz for the trip rather than you mean the car of the year I mean the car of the year (laughs) excellent choice I'd actually wait until they come out with the ID buzz California and then we can sleep in the thing as well perfect we didn't even have to take a tent then See? Like it. The future offers solutions. You've been listening to Zog. Goodbye. To Alex Goy. Bye. I was Gareth. See you in a fortnight. Allowing for charging time, of course. <laughs> yeah. Nice. For information on how to contact the show, see pictures, get song lyrics, follow us on Twitter, find our Facebook fan page, or to sponsor the show, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Speed!